The 2020 presidential election has been a wild ride, and it appears to be coming to the end of the road. Former Vice President Joe Biden has the clearest path to victory, but President Donald Trump is not going down without a fight. Even as Biden inches ahead in key states, the Trump campaign has filed lawsuits claiming issues with the count, the ballots, and the deadlines. By the time you're hearing this, there could be a clear winner. But right now, it could still go either way. And states like Arizona, Michigan, and Pennsylvania are making headlines around the world. Côté Biden, l'Arizona, la population latino y est de plus en plus nombreuse. Pennsylvania, por ejemplo. Michigan, Pennsylvania, Nevada. Biden, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pichoftodan. There will be plenty of time to talk about how the election was lost or won and why people voted the way they did. But today, we're zooming in a bit to look at how these few days of uncertainty panned out. We reached out to people we've been in touch with over the last few turbulent months in the U.S. Some of them you've heard from before. Some you haven't. And this is who weighed in. Four people who had very different reasons to be glued to the news this week. A doctor fighting COVID in New York. A writer in Minneapolis who protested police violence against Black people. A law student watching from abroad in Iran. And in California a Mexican-American real estate investor who's a member of the group Latinos for Trump. I have been a Trump supporter since 2015, since he announced his candidacy. I think the uncertainty is, uh, is almost worse than knowing, honestly. Part of me feels bewildered and angry and betrayed. Everything is stopped in the country and everyone is looking for the results. The 2016 election was a sea change for the U.S. And what we heard in 2020 felt like a time capsule of another decisive moment. I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. This is A. Raphael Johnson doing an audio diary for The Take. I am a writer and consultant living in Minneapolis, Minnesota. My name is Alicia Sheikh. I'm a 27-year-old resident physician in internal medicine in New York City. Hello, I'm Nima, and I'm a PhD candidate in law living in Tehran, Iran. My name is Marco Gutierrez, and I casted my vote for Donald J. Trump. The first person you're hearing from is A. Raphael Johnson. He was on the take back in May, soon after the police killing in Minneapolis of George Floyd. George Floyd could have been me. Amand Aubrey could have been me. Breonna Taylor could have been me. There are so many thousands of people who have been killed by a system designed to kill black and brown people could have been me. He sent his first audio diaries after he voted on Tuesday. I voted for Joe Biden because he is a sane person who will run a responsible government. And I feel relieved. I am I'm just so relieved that hopefully after today, this country will be back on the path towards something I recognize. 
for the last presidential election, we were gathered with friends around a fire, you know, drinking beers and talking and chatting. And, you know, we thought it was going to be fun until it wasn't. This year, I plan to be at home on my couch with the TV on, just watching things as they come in. I can't imagine I'll be able to think about anything else. I think this country, the United States of America, I think we have a long road ahead of us, and I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen next. Meanwhile, in New York, Alicia recorded her thoughts between shifts at the hospital, where she's been treating COVID patients this year. I voted by mail last week. I didn't want to take any chances. That being said, on election day today, it's a little bit nerve-wracking hearing President Trump talking about not counting any votes that come in past tonight. It's definitely been a, an anxiety-provoking day all day today. I've tried to distract myself with work. We just left the house to get food and just seeing all of the red, white, and blue lights around the city. The Empire State Building is lit up tonight as well, and seeing all everyone wearing I Voted stickers is, is really making me feel, I don't know, proud to be a part of this country and to be in a country where democracy does work. And so all we can do today is hope for the best and hope that we'll have results soon. In California, Marco voted for the president on his way back from church. On election day, I wore a new suit that I got especially for the election day. And my wife and I went uh, to the city hall. And it was a great feeling that my hometown, that most of the people there were for Trump. So as a immigrant, casting my vote for the second time, it was a great feeling to go vote that day. Then the results started to come in. And early on, the map looked pretty red. And for supporters like Marco, that was great news. My feelings were great. Just uh, seeing seeing Florida going back and forth and just seeing the numbers. I had a great feeling of the initial results. Actually, when I started seeing that the results for Biden were that <laughs> in his favor, I was a little... I was a little concerned. The results were shifting for one main reason. Many Democrats had voted by mail. And as many Americans had heard in the media, their votes would be counted later. Now, that was starting to play out. I am literally sick to my stomach, worried about the election. I cannot hold down food. I can't sleep, can't take a nap. I gave up on working about an hour ago, and now I am just waiting. What a stressful night. This has been really difficult to watch. Initial results looked promising, but as the night progressed, I had a sinking feeling and serious flashbacks to 2016. I've had texts from friends and coworkers coming in all night. We've also uh, all been stress eating, including the residents who are working overnight right now. They're all watching it on TV in the team room. Even with the mail-in ballots coming later, it was clear that this was not going to be a blue wave for Biden. 
I guess I was hoping for more of a strong rebuke of the president's actions. I mean, it's more than a little upsetting that so many people found him to be the best candidate for president, even after everything he's done the past four years. Going to work tomorrow and concentrating will be difficult, I think, for all of us, including my patients. I've had so many patients bring up how their mental health has been affected by this presidency and the pandemic. And I'm sure the uncertainty of this election outcome and what's been going on tonight has only uh, added to people's stress. But all we can do is believe in our democracy. And as I said four years ago, make sure we hold whoever wins accountable for their actions because our collective voice is more powerful than one person. And just remember that the president works for us. We are his boss. As Alicia and A. Raphael went to sleep on Tuesday night in the U.S., other parts of the world were waking up to an unclear set of results. Though not everyone was actually waking up. I didn't actually uh, sleep uh, during the night. We talked to Nima, the law student in Tehran in October, about how the U.S. election could impact Iran which has by far the most U.S. sanctions in the world. Now, we wanted to hear how he'd watched it play out. Almost all of Iranians, including myself, are closely following the U.S. election because how much it's going to affect our daily lives. If Trump administration wins again, it means that our economic situation will probably worsen by day. We are all afraid what will happen. But if Biden wins, we hope that the U.S. administration will rejoin the Iran nuclear deal and probably our economic situation in the country will be better, hopefully. And the the thing is, it's not just the economic effect. The, The uncertainty that comes with it means that ordinary Iranians, in particular younger ones, feels despair and a feeling of hopelessness in this country. On election night, Nima's Twitter feed was full of tweets with different states' results, like, Florida is over, inshallah, God willing, Pennsylvania, and reminders like this tweet, which he recorded. Remember, based on each state's policy, early votes will be counted first or last. The former means disproportionate lean toward Democrats, and the latter vice versa. Just wait for more results before making conclusions. During the election day and uh, the night afterwards, uh, I was awake all the time and watching international news outlets like CNN, Al Jazeera and Fox. I'm a law student. I already had a a good understanding of U.S. election system compared to a popular vote system. You see the flaws. It only comes to few swing states that very few can decide for a large number of people. In the morning when I was expecting a Biden win but seeing mostly red states, I was quite shocked and a bit disappointed and I went to bed like seeing no hope. Nima said the wait for results was noticeable in much of Iran. Everything is stopped in the country. The markets are suspended to some extent. And 
everyone is looking for the results before uh, taking any uh, actions or deciding on purchasing or selling anything that you have. Back in the U.S., in the early hours of Wednesday morning, President Trump made a premature victory declaration before all the votes had been counted. We want all voting to stop. We don't want them to find any ballots at 4 o'clock in the morning and add them to the list. We will win this, and as far as I'm concerned, we already have won it. So I just want to thank... It was discouraging news for A. Raphael to wake up to in Minnesota. It's about 6.30 in the morning. I have slept very poorly. Like, I think a lot of people wondering how this election is going to turn out. Part of me keeps saying, well, all the votes haven't been counted yet. We just need to wait and be patient. But I mean, no matter how this turns out, you know, millions of people saw Trump for who he was, this racist, incompetent, corrupt man. And they voted for him anyway. They voted for racism. They voted for separating children from their parents. They voted for Muslim bans and walls and, you know, everything else. And that is really problematic. Even if Biden wins, those people haven't gone away. They want what America is right now, which is this dysfunctional mess. Though President Trump appears to have increased his support from non-white voters in this election, for A. Raphael, his focus was on the majority of Trump's base. I don't know why so many white people, and let's be blunt, why so many white people vote for racism. I, you know, I see it. I wish it wasn't the case, but it is. This doesn't feel quite the same as in 2016. There is definitely that quiet sinking feeling again, like we had then, but, you know, I'm less resigned and less hopeful and less, you know, less of everything. I'm starting to feel detached, and I don't know if I'm feeling detached from the political process or from the country at large. Again, that was at 6.30 a.m., but as Wednesday went on, the early optimism of Trump supporters was also fading. An 11th hour surge from former Vice President Joe Biden. The Associated Press has called Michigan for Mr. Biden, putting him closer to victory. Mail-in ballots have heavily favored Biden. Will these ballots be enough to put Biden over the top so he can collect the 20 electoral votes here in Pennsylvania? When you look at Wisconsin and Michigan, Trump had an early lead there, but Joe Biden overtook him once the absentee mail-in ballot count started. It's now these ballots that the source of lawsuits and controversy. Many supporters of the president were surprised to hear Fox News make an early call that Trump had lost the state of Arizona. But Fox defended the call. Why is Arizona blue? Did we make a call in Arizona? There's a check mark. Did our decision desk make it? It's been clear for a while 
that the former vice president is in, in the lead in Arizona and was most likely to, to win the state, I'm sorry. The president is not going to be able to take over and win enough votes to eliminate that seven-point lead. So the question was simple. Would those changes be enough to pass Trump's election day leads? By the end of Wednesday, Alicia still wasn't sure. So I'm just walking home after a full day in the hospital. Um, still trying to process everything that's been going on. I've had several patients in the clinic who have been really stressed to the point that it's been affecting their health. One of my patients today came in with a blood pressure of 176 over 90. And so I think this morning, just uh, or throughout the day today, compared to uh, election night 2016, we were also talking about this amongst my, uh, my colleagues. But I think there's a lot of parallels to how we felt then versus how we felt today and how the last time Everyone was just such in such shock, and we were all completely blindsided by what happened. And so this time, the anxiety is worse because we know what the outcomes could mean and how very real that concern is. But also the hope that maybe the country has learned a lesson is also still there. By Thursday, the results were closer, but A. Rafael was still in the waiting game. Today is November 5th, two days after Election Day. This is a really weird feeling. It feels like waiting for someone who is having surgery. And, you know, and they're in the, in the operating room, and now all you can do is wait. I guess I'm waiting to find out whether our democracy makes it through this operation. Um, that sounds a little grandiose, but... Uh, 2020 is a year for grandiose statements. And a lot could happen before this is all decided. And for Marco, Trump's apparent loss was not only disappointing, it seemed avoidable. He said he thought the Trump campaign could have done a better job reaching out to Latino voters. I believe that a lot of the Trump campaign underestimated how vengeful Latinos can be. And I think that a lot of Latinos went with Biden just because they hate Trump. So I think we could have done a little bit of control damage where we could have captured a little bit of those Latinos by being a more, having a little more consideration about their feelings in the, in the local communities. It's like uh, I feel Arizona was a, what I call a voto venganza, which is a, a vote of revenge that gave, or it's going to give Arizona to, to the Bidens. But I feel hopeful Trump will still win. For Alicia, the election was a huge event, to be sure. But for her, it's not the big story of 2020. That would be the pandemic she's been dealing with every day. The one that the next president, whoever he is, will still have to face. On Wednesday... The U.S. topped 100,000 new cases in a day for the first time, with over 1,100 deaths. I think in terms of how the next president will handle the pandemic, honestly, the like 
The very basic thing that we can ask for as physicians is that the president will just respect the science and know in terms of vaccine development and same thing with mask wearing. I think the hardest part for me has been watching all of this take on all of what should be scientifically based, take on uh, political undertones. All of this has just made our lives so much harder than it needs to be. I've talked to a lot of people over the past few days who felt really demoralized and frustrated after the president has um, said the things that he has about doctors inflating numbers um, of COVID patients. You know, we're still uh, traumatized from what we saw in the spring and what we're still seeing today and everything we've been through. Probably after we have an answer, there will still be a lot of stress and anxiety affecting not only um, myself, my colleagues, but also our patients. And I have a feeling, you know, it's, it's gonna take a while before everything kind of settles down and we return to some sense of normalcy, um, a long while probably, but hopefully we'll end up better on the other side of all of this whenever we get there. And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Alexandra Locke with Nagin Auliai, Priyanka Tilbe, Dina Kispe, Amy Walters, Ney Alvarez, Oni Wohacha, and me, Malika Bilal. Alex Roldan was the sound designer. Natalia Aldana is the engagement producer. Stacey Samuel is the executive producer. And Graylin Brashear is our head of audio. Let us know what you think. Get in touch on Twitter or Instagram at AJTheTake. We'll be back next week.